Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Carrera. And today we have a little bonus episode. We recorded this recently with... Well, not really recently. <laughs> not recently, but, you know, within the last Last year. year. <laughs> yeah. It's an episode on modern persuasion. Yes. We recorded it with First Impressions Podcast. Yes. Kristen and Maggie were so nice to have us. And they gave us permission to post this in our feed because I feel like it's a, something we would cover anyway. Definitely. So instead of watching it again and covering it again for the podcast, it's best to just let you listen to a little sampling of their podcast. So yeah. I think it's just we're just going to present it in its full form here mm-hmm. for you. I, I was listening back to it. I don't think there's really anything to cut out like from the beginning. So we'll just play it like their podcast and yeah. you can hear what their podcast is like, but with us as guests. <laughs> yeah. Get a little taste of their format and maybe you'll like it. Maybe you'll yeah. want to go over and listen to all their episodes. So definitely like they're it. still putting out stuff. And oh, I was going to say, this is a particularly fortuitous mm. movie for us because Alicia Witt is our really only true crossover that we've had in both David Lynch and a Jane Austen. Yeah. So the, the, basically modern persuasion was made for people like us in a way, <laughs> <laughs> in a certain maybe way, but yeah, it's really cool. So it's, it's, we're very persuasion focused at the moment. We figured what a great time to post it. Exactly. It fits in with the <laughs> What? Anyway, here you go. Here's the rest of the episode. Please enjoy. First Impressions, the podcast we talk about our love for Jane Austen. Give a big middle finger to all those haters. I am Kristen and I am joined, firstly, joined by Maggie, my regular partner in in crime. Hi, everybody. Hey, Maggie. And we are excited to welcome to the podcast today, Maya and Christian of Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. Hey, guys. Hi. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome to the show. Yes, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Yeah, you want to take a second to just introduce yourselves? Sure. Um, my name is Maya Atkins, and I love Jane Austen. <laughs> I've loved her for a long time. <laughs> and Twin Peaks was my first favorite show, so I've been a big David Lynch fan forever. So that's why I started um, Manners and Madness. Well, mainly I started it for as a Jane Austen podcast, but then we were like, now let's have some diversity. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jane Austen podcast really needs is some like <laughs> twisted nightmare David Lynch. Yeah. <laughs> some surrealist nightmare. <laughs> I think yeah. it struck everyone on its face as a brilliant kid seat. No, like I remember absolutely. when I saw it, I was like, I lost my mind. I was like, they're freaking geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it just um, alienates half of the people. <laughs> <laughs> then you guys have come on the right podcast to guess because we're all about alienating people here. <laughs> <laughs> um, Christian, do you want to say hello? 
Sure. Uh, my name is Christian Cabrera, and I'm kind of the the what I would say the novice half of Manners and Madness. The way we set up the podcast was Maya is the quote unquote expert, um, and I am the novice, as in I've never before the podcast had never watched David Lynch and never read Jane Austen or anything. So it's kind of like my introduction to it all. But please don't call me an expert. In <laughs> I did say quote unquote. <laughs> just like, Christian, is like, Christian is like the Maggie of the podcast, just with uh, not as impressive tits as I have. Yes, yeah, they're not, they don't compare. <laughs> Christian's feeling so early in the podcast. <laughs> I'd be proud of his tits. <laughs> I just had to put myself on mute for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> Well, he didn't recently have a baby either, so oh, that's true. Yeah. Yes, they got, they got like three sizes even bigger than they were before. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really is awful because nothing fits anymore. It just like makes you want to cry. It's so depressing. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's tough. And it's like I was already had big boobs, and now it's like impossible. <laughs> but anyway, Kristen, what are we talking about today? We're talking about boobs. Today's yes. podcast is about boobs. <laughs> Welcome. Boobs and Jane Austen. Boobs and Jane Austen, and you know, you know what? There's actually a lot of boobs in Jane Austen because you've got those umpire those, waves. Those, yeah. Yes. It's all, all about putting, putting them on display. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's like the most modest clothes you could possibly wear, except for the fronts and the evening gowns, which are just like, show it all. <laughs> like, put I it all. It's like, I can see her nipples. <laughs> but That's you're not allowed. I can walk around with your nipples out, but you can't be alone in a room with an unmarried. Man. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't dare show an ankle. Cleavage, fine. Unchaperoned <laughs> conversations, not fine. Right. Okay. <laughs> Go to jail. Untuck that lace, ladies. <laughs> that is right. Untuck your lace. Okay, but what are we really talking about, Kristen? So today we're talking about uh, the recent movie that came out. It's called Modern Persuasion. It came out in 2020. It stars Alicia. Did you call her Alicia Witt with a V? I believe it's pronounced Alicia Witt because it's a German last name. So the W is pronounced as a V. But I mean, I don't know her. So I don't know if that's really true. You would know her. She stars in many Hallmark movies. And apparently, I didn't know this, but apparently there's the David Lynch tie-in with her career. Yes, I was very excited when we when you picked this one and I realized that it was Alicia Witt. Uh, we watched Dune last summer and she is like a little gothic baby in <laughs> a little <laughs> magical... <laughs> She's probably like what? She's probably like seven. <laughs> like, she's really young in that. She's so mm -hmm. weird and cute, though. I know. We, um, yeah, we did love her. She kind of came in at the end because the movie is, it's not consistently good. No. <laughs> I mean, it's good, but it's got like its ups and downs. But she comes in at the end and it's like, okay, let's just have the Alicia Witt show for now. <laughs> yeah. She's stealing this movie. <laughs> have you ever seen the uh, David Lynch Dune? Yeah, isn't that what they're talking about? Yeah, I'm asking if you've ever seen it. Oh, no, uh, yes, I have seen it. And I've also listened to my and Christian's okay. podcast about it, which you, if you don't follow Manners and Madness, you have to listen to their Doom podcast. It was just, they were hysterical. I loved them. <laughs> <laughs> because we have to respect, they respect David Lynch's artistry, right? We can respect that, but we can also acknowledge Doom's a fucking funny movie. Oh Unintentionally God. fucking <laughs> funny movie. <laughs> uh, uh, especially when, when she's like, now he will know what it's like to die. <laughs> <laughs> As he is the Quintac Hatterack. 
<laughs> a, it was a choice. But Maya, what else was Alicia Witt in that day? Uh, well, currently she is in Twin Peaks. She is one of the Hayward sisters. And we watched her put on a little um, piano performance because she's a really good pianist as well. And she comes back in the third season, which we haven't gotten to yet. I'm she's not sure. Also I'm- in the Showtime new newer episodes too so you have that to look for yeah yeah season three as an adult she's like the only hayward sister who comes back for season three <laughs> oh. <laughs> so here's the deal alicia witt has, is one of those actresses who has been in a ton of things where if you didn't know like her name you'd be like oh it's that girl it's, right. you know i know her so she's been in tons of those uh hallmark movies she's been in a lot of series on television but just like a couple episodes like she was in supernatural she was on nashville she was on the walking dead she was on elementary you know like she's kind of just been a working I'm still actor. working <laughs> yeah but which is great unjustified you know so she's been in all of these um dramas and stuff she pops up her imdb is very impressive she's been able to be a working <coughs> actor which is you know amazing because it's very difficult to maintain that especially if she started when she was like six or seven years old so. right yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and she definitely has a look that you might not recognize her and everything, even though she is very distinct, like she looks like herself, but there's so many times where there were just different shots of her from different angles, and I was like, you look exactly like someone else in this show, you don't look like you. I think that's good for an actor, though, like she can be, she can be transformed based on costume and hair and makeup and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. She's a blank canvas. Okay. Well, yeah. so modern persuasion is exactly what it says on the tin. They have taken the <laughs> plot and characters of persuasion and placed it in a more modern setting. Kristen, do you want to kind of give a brief discussion of how they did that? Or do you want me to do it? Um, yeah. So, no, and I, I tried to read a little bit about like how this movie like was made and got made and the background of it. I didn't really get very far beyond some initial reviews. Uh, because it, up too and couldn't find it. yeah yeah I, did, I, I didn't get much but you can kind of put the pieces together right so it was made and then it was picked up and distributed but there wasn't like a mod- lot of money behind it from the beginning and you can you can really tell that so it um uh it uh kevin was saying it's almost like like a passion project like we have to make a modern adaptation of persuasion and then everything else came sort of afterwards so like the um plot is a little bit paint by numbers it's exactly what you you might expect it's someone who didn't marry their love when they were young and the modern update of course is that they moved for their jobs or he moved for his job and she wouldn't go with them right and everything else is just we're going to tra- this is a, a common modernization right uh, trope of we're going to transport this to the glitzy world of new york which is like the glitzy modern world of the new york media elite advertising these glitzy parties right and it's like this is a very common way to to handle this and people love to say oh our society is just like jane austen society but Actually, there are a lot of things that don't quite add up, right? With that, with there's 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 not the same drivers at work, and you kind of think like, why weren't these people cyber stalking each other to the point where they got back together much sooner than this? Like, so right. what happens is he moves away, he becomes a successful dot com entrepreneur. Owen, yes, oh my God. <laughs> Owen Jasper. I will say, I actually spoiler alert, I did enjoy this movie, and I thought that they made some good choices to update it so he he moved to san francisco after college because he wanted to make a startup 
Yes. And he was like, come with me. And she was like, uh, and then baby Newworth. <laughs> <laughs> that was a surprise. <laughs> I guess like her mentor kind of thing. Like yeah. Her aunt. Yeah. Her aunt. The lady Russell. <laughs> yeah. The lady. yeah. Are you sure you want to sacrifice your career and your life to follow him? Which I would probably tell 19 year old or like a 21 year old the same thing. Yeah, that's true. So she decided to stay in New York and she ends up um, at Keller Keller Lynch, a like pretty, I wouldn't say down on its luck, but it's a um, marketing PR like events company that is um, they've had to like kind of downsize their office. They had to move out of Midtown to like Brooklyn. And then Owen comes to them wanting them to help him launch a new app, a charitable giving app. And like, oh, I didn't know you worked here. No, he totally knew. Come on. <laughs> this app <laughs> this app sounds like the worst freaking idea in the world, by the way. Like <laughs> and they talk about it a lot to try to make it a viable. So boring. Idea. So boring I, whatever I, they talk about. I did, like, I did like that they created because obviously they can't talk. Like I think Twitter is, you know, that's like a trademarked thing. They did have like a made up social media thing called Blip. Blipper. Yeah. Blipper. Where you have to send out bleeps, but it's it's like well, I'm trying to remember how they they say it oh yeah it's for millennials who have even a shorter attention span you can only do like 10 words and a video um so that way like so they do interact the characters do interact and talk about social media but it's in the frame of this other mm-hmm. i found it hard to keep track of like what they did but then i also was like i don't really care because every time they talk about it it's just so boring but i was wondering (laughs) (laughs) just whenever they were talking about like blipper and this charitable thing and like what are we gonna do business business i was like I don't care about the business. Well, that's all basically like just trappings to have it's, an experience. It's to get just these it's just a, together. And it's but just a, a long time too. trying to explain it to us. And I was yeah. still like, I still don't really I agree. I agree, Maya. I and like I agree, Maya. And the other thing is it was a, a really heavy-handed use of the devices to show how smart Alicia Wish Wit, uh, Wit is and how good at her job, right? Like, oh well, we'll we'll do this social media campaign for you. And she's supposed to be the social media campaign expert, right? To launch his new his new app, which is a charitable giving app, right? But then she doesn't know what Blipper is. Order. She is not the social media expert. She is the marketing expert. The two young twenty-something girls run the social media for the firm. So they're the social media experts. They are the, you know, they're the Mossgrove sisters, right? And I found right. that super annoying right. and they yes. want me. Yeah, and let's, let's like explain her. that too. We can talk <laughs> kind of, she's yes. not supposed to be the social media expert. So it makes sense that she wouldn't necessarily know like what. And that's why they were explaining it to her. I was like, girl, how do you not know Blipper? Your ex-love created it. And apparently you're a marketing no, he person. Did create, he did create. She still has their breakup text on her computer. He I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, right. She still has all the breakup texts from when they broke yeah. up apparently when they were in college, like right. eight years ago or whatever he he didn't create blipper he created that other app that they were talking no no no. the first app he launched was blipper that's how he got rich right am i not paying attention i was just gonna say their app that they're trying to sell is charitable giving social networking app where you follow your charities and your friends 
And I just think that sounds like it's, a, a, it's such a bad idea. Plan is right? never gonna work. It's, it's terrible. It's like there's like a game metric too, where like the more you donate, you get points. I get. I don't know. Like that doesn't matter. <laughs> the point. Yeah. Of the day. Like, it's just an excuse. They have to come up with a product for him to have. Right. To right. Have I'm sure it's hard that. too to come up with something that sounds vaguely plausible. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure they're like, well, don't hold it against us that this app idea isn't actually viable. Because if yeah. it was, we would go make that instead of a movie. <laughs> I think it was a good like. It was not, it was trying to show that, you know, he's interested in charity and yeah, blah, blah, yeah. but like, oh, what a good hearted guy. Yeah, <laughs> I just think practically nobody's going to want to join. No. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't need all my like contributions to like Planned Parenthood or whatever being seen by like all of my Republican like colleagues, right? Like, right. <laughs> gamify it. <laughs> well, I'm surprised none of the like the 20 year olds were like, don't need to charity as I can barely pay off my student loans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> they seem like rich 20 year olds to me. That, boyfriend of hers or fiance bought that huge gallery. oh yeah this beautiful gallery right yeah <laughs> and he well, had to be a for sure it's a fantasy so there's a lot of characters that get thrown at you early and i was a little confused and then i remembered i was watching an adaptation of persuasion and i was like oh they're just like the the surrogate character of this person in the book and then it all became clear yeah, let's say who everything have who everyone is, right? So the the first um guy that gets introduced that is he's like an older gray-haired guy named Grayson. Grayson. <laughs> is it he's complaining early on. And this is the thing that gets me too. Their Keller Keller Lynch, the law firm, is apparently not the law firm, the advertising firm has apparently fallen on hard times. So they've just had an office move. And so he's complaining because he had to give up his driver and Ren, Alicia Witt's character's name is Ren. Oh, you should take the subway. It's nice. You go over a bridge. And that's very coded. They're in Brooklyn or someplace that's not Manhattan. And this is the thing that gets me sometimes is like when you watch American movies and TV, you are expected to know the geographical layout of New York City, even if you have mm-hmm. never been anywhere close to well, there. The first scene of the movie is actually her going for a run in the morning. And it's very clear that she is across the river from Manhattan. Like, from Manhattan. The, yeah, the New York and mm-hmm. the Brooklyn Bridge, I think, is actually even in the shot. I might be wrong. Yeah. On that. Yeah. But like, would I know if I was if I was <clears throat> rural Australia, would I know that it's prestigious to be on Manhattan versus That's across the bridge from question. me? That is an interesting question, because I New York, though, is such a location. I know, I yeah, <laughs> I was like, is this oh. New York the whole time? I was not actually filmed this in New York uh, from the credits. It seemed pretty clear this was a Canadian production. So I'm like right. fairly certain they were probably in Toronto or like whatever city they use that to fill in for New York all the time in Canada. They must have done her jogging at least. Yes. But let me tell you, that was not the Hamptons. That was someone's backyard. (laughs) Yeah, that was not the Hamptons. (laughs) There is no way. They're all running around in in swimsuits. Like there's no pool. And it looked like a really cold day, actually. It was very windy. Oh my gosh. I said the same thing. We watched Unleashing Mr. Darcy last um, year. And there's a scene where they're like half of them are in bathing suits by a pool. The other half of them are like in winter clothes. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> are we watching the same movie all the time? Because <laughs> that scene was very reminiscent of that. I say I spent the first twenty minutes of this movie going, "Is this a Hallmark movie?" <laughs> it's very much it like a I watch a lot of Hallmark movies, you guys, especially at the holidays. And this was definitely a step up. But it's, it's not definitely very, a step up. It was yes. not like a movie. It was not like a movie theater movie. It was not even like a Netflix movie, but it was like a step up from like Hallmark yeah. Channel. I think the first 20 minutes or 30 minutes was just like 
I, I wasn't getting into it and it There's took like halfway through yeah. before I was like, okay, this is better. <laughs> they have to establish yeah. a lot of characters and a lot of things. So like we have Ren who works at that company. You've got Grayson who's like, he's basically expositing. Like we're on a little bit of a hard time we've moved. And he's also like, I don't understand what kids are saying these days type. But he was played by the actor who was Duck in Mad Men. So I just found him completely charming. I loved him. I loved him. He was one yeah, of he's my favorite. Great. I thought he did a, I thought it was a really good translation of Sir Walter into like yeah. a modern yeah. character. Yeah. He he was he was so great. And he and uh Denise, the receptionist who just gets re- introduced right at the same time as everybody else, but she was fantastic as well. And whenever they were on screen together, Kevin, who's watching it with me, he was like, they're the two most talented cast members. So whenever they're <laughs> yeah. having any interactions with one another, it feels like it's great energy. But I and just want to say- And Lizzie, pregnant, yes, pregnant. the pregnant lady. Although with that her- was the worst fake pregnancy. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, she better have four 12 pound babies by the end of this movie. Cause it was so big. <laughs> It was so she's tiny though <laughs> it's it's like when an actress is their normal self but they just have a big belly that's yeah. when you kind of know like yes okay we're not even pre- trying to pretend, pretend. <laughs> yeah she just shows up without the big belly and she's like i've been on the treadmill for 12 hours and it's like you look exactly the same <laughs> i did appreciate though when she's like you were in in the bathroom stall you were in there this whole time and she's like i just had a baby i'm old, off my life is on the toilet like that's that is like semi-accurate that was maybe one of my favorite scenes <laughs> oh, yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of like so ren is just like quite kind of like a quiet capable i mean it's, it's a good translation i think of the character but she is surrounded by like big personality sassy women which i mm-hmm. liked but i think that if you don't like that your tolerance for this movie would probably not be very high i just really appreciated that they took persuasion and tried to make it a romantic comedy because i don't think that it like the book doesn't really, it's like the least funny of all of the Jane Austen books. So it doesn't yeah. necessarily say turn me into a comedy, but I appreciate that. Cause I think a lot of the adaptations of persuasion, I guess there's only a few, but the, yeah. <laughs> the big ones are very like, yeah, they're overly emotional to me. And I don't read mm-hmm. Anne as being like, even though she does like, <laughs> we, we're doing, we just finished doing persuasion for the podcast or we're kind of in the middle of it being released. And um, you know, there are some moments where like Anne is, crying to herself at the piano, but like. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Silent crying. But I liked, so like a way to do that though, which I thought was smart, was just like surround her by kind of over the top people and let the comedy come from there. And then she is like the one who just like is in the middle of the storm trying to hold it all together. And I also appreciated that they didn't make her in the beginning of the movie, before Owen comes back, she is happy with her life. Like she doesn't, but then once he shows up, there's this kind of like the road not taken regret, but that feels very real to me. Like she's not spending all of her time. Like, I wonder what happened to Owen. You know, like she right. has a great career. She she likes where she works. She loves where she works. She has friends, she goes out. I don't know. I, I appreciate that she wasn't a sad sack. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, uh, the whole, the problem I had with some of the writing of it, of the characters was they didn't really feel like how maybe like a modern version of this person would feel like 
realistically, would you, a, a man that you dated 20 years ago that maybe she didn't really even sound like she wanted to marry him. She just sounded like she wanted to continue dating him. And he goes off and becomes like one of these Silicon Valley bros and like these tech like douchebags. And then he comes back and is like, I'm going to start a charity social media app. And and she's not rich either. She's Her name is not on the company. So yeah. it's like weird she to expect... <laughs> Exactly. So it's like, it's weird for us to expect her to be like smitten by him and not be like, oh, this douchebag. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, especially living in New York, like I can imagine her apartment is very nice, but I can't imagine that she makes a lot of money. Owen's different. He's not a dude now. Oh no, he's right. yeah, exactly he's different. Well, and can I quickly say, cause we were talking about Lizzie, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think she was supposed to be a Mary Musgrove character where she's always having yes. like a health concern, sort of, right? Yeah. So she's pregnant. She's, she's pregnant instead of a hypochondriac. And then just like eating yeah. all the time, which is also- That makes sense. I never, um, I, I started off trying to put like the parallels of people and kind of gave up because I was like, this is gonna ruin my enjoyment of this yes. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I think you could spend too much time trying to do that. And at the end, there's a lot of characters. At the end of the day, it was just like, there's just wacky characters, like just go with it. But so- we're talking about Lizzie, but we should say that Lizzie is the wife of, so Grayson has a sister and the two of them are the Keller and the Keller Lynch. They own the company. It's a family. Oh, she's company. his sister. I thought she was yeah. his daughter. <laughs> no, she's his sister and she is married to Lizzie who is pregnant with their first child. And then working in the company, there are also people like Denise, who is the new receptionist. Um, I like I the Elizabeth. I, um, yeah. Uh, what's the name of the character who, like, you think she, Rebecca? Is that her name? Rebecca. Rebecca. Like, yeah. She acts mean, but then at the end, she's like, don't worry, I secretly adore you. And I thought that was really cute. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was really one of the better takes on, uh, like, an adaptation of a modern a persuasion character just because she felt so much like Elizabeth yeah. um, in her like comments. Like they didn't try and like dumb her down and make her friendly. And that's kind of like why I wish Grayson was a little bit meaner. Um, oh, but he was so because but yeah, I don't think Walter is mean though. He's just a snap. <laughs> well, you know, but the like, Grayson, they were like, oh, he has to take like a limo to work now. And it's like, you know, in Brooklyn, but it's not like at the level that I would have thought maybe Walter would be because I yeah. feel like Walter and Elizabeth are kind of equal. Yeah. No one was mean or like abusive, which I think is in the book. Yeah. But it's very clear funny, that like yeah. she handles everything at the company so that the more senior people can kind of sit so, back and. Yeah. Well, and I think you. Money. You both make good points, right, about modernizing this because the relentless sadness of Anne Elliot doesn't work in today's modern context because no. she would have career opportunities. She'd have the opportunity to go out and make money and meet, yeah. meet people. And, and so updating it to romantic comedy does actually make a ton of sense, like you were saying. And romantic comedies are characterized by their effervescent dialogue, right, which is why I think they had all of these people and they tried to write really, really funny dialogue for everyone. <laughs> what was hard at the, the beginning was all that funny dialogue was going on, but also all this establishment was going on. And the thing about modern adaptations, the, the what, reason it's hard for me to get into them, especially at the beginning, is because everything you already know is being shoved down your throat. A lot of exposition. A lot of exposition that you're like, oh, okay, I get it. Oh, okay, I get it. Oh, and then you just want it out of the way and you want the story to go. But for the people who don't right. know the, the story that well, they're trying to establish more and it's like, oh, okay, I get it. This go is ahead. how I know that I am in fact old now because when the two <laughs> um, millennial social media girls were talking, thank God I had the captions on because they were talking so fast and using so much <laughs> zingy uh, slang and references. It was like the Gilmore Girls where it's just like 
Christ, I can't understand what these people are saying. So thank God I had captions. But it was all made up though. The, 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 um, what's the girl's name? Kate is very trying to be clueless. They they felt like we're making up a whole new lingo, but then it also, it felt dated where clueless kind of feels like timeless. This kind of felt dated and it just came out. And clueless created new like lingo and new words and shortening of words for people to use where total Monet. Yeah, and why this kind of gave me more of like a hallmarky feel was, and I think this is kind of where they went wrong, is they try and age up these characters um, because I kind of got the feeling that Ren was kind of like in her 40s. That's the kind of like, and then these young assistants, they kind of felt like they were in their 30s. Yeah. When they're, and I think there's lingo to be in 20s though. Yeah. My probably my biggest problem was the lingo they were using. It just felt so dated, a lot of those words, and they didn't really make sense. Totes amazed. Yeah. Totes it echo. Yeah. Hiroche, you know <laughs> yeah. it's real the struggle, and it just was so <laughs> nonsensical. <laughs> it comes off as gobbledygook. Yes, um, yes. but and I, I think part of the point too, like you're just not supposed to understand. What yeah, yeah I think they're just supposed to go over here. <laughs> the youngins these days. Well, I will say, I was reading the review on Variety, and it, one of the lines of the review at Variety.com. I'll tell you the author in a second. One of the lines was inadvertently phrases like geek on fleek render the film as specific a period piece as any yeah. regency era austin narrative <laughs> that the guy's name guy Lodge. but it seemed like something from like you know at least three or four maybe five years ago <laughs> yeah. like a good core okay so one of my favorite romantic comedies is actually you've got mail with tom hanks and ben oh, yeah. Ryan, right but that movie clearly exists in a very specific time period when we had dial-up internet everyone was starting to go to starbucks and you had aol mm-hmm. as your internet <laughs> provider right so like you watch that movie and you're like okay i know exactly when this is taking place yeah this movie is going to have the same thing but i they were trying to make it of the moment but it's just instantly dated yeah right? i wanted them to take their idea which i thought was great and turn it like do another pass, a romantic comedy pass where they like tightened up because I feel like it could have really worked if the comedy had worked, but the timing, at least for like the first half was so off. Yushua is not the most comedic actress. And I just think her timing was just, it just wasn't working for me. It was very low energy. They were like more, seem sad, Alicia, because you're the sad character. And then when the funny characters come on screen, I I said to Kevin, my husband was like, it almost likes they're walking in, they're hitting their mark, they're delivering, they're doing like improv comedy with one another, and then they move mm-hmm. off the screen and you're left with like low energy. It was like very yeah, weird yeah. how it didn't mesh at all. I don't think she, I don't think they wanted her to necessarily be a comedic character. But she was yeah, doing things like have. hitting her head on the table, yeah, that's falling right. over, she, yeah, she did. hyperventilating. Yeah, that's, like, that's the just like a comedy but, interpretation of female characters, right? Well, yeah, like her physical comedy. Actually, you can't have a female character that's actually competent and successful in movies she has to like be klutzy <laughs> right or, yes that's or, like fall apart right, when owen walks in the room i think that you would find they'd say well she was so nervous about seeing him she needed oh, right. to feel like she made a poor first impression because remember it's the thing where like well he said he barely recognized you because he looked so terrible yeah yeah kind yeah. Of thing. Right. yeah um, that's from yeah that. i don't know if i even would blame alicia witt per se because i feel like it's more of a directing and writing thing but i also it could just be like music cues they're just yes, the music, music at the beginning was so, so bad like, it was ding, very ding. <laughs> yeah, the music was so bad the music was very much like we can't afford real songs so we bought songs from like artists who like i my sister knows and 
hand. You yeah. Song okay. <laughs> uh, now I'm about to tip my hand because two of the song, at least two of the songs, I was like loving. I was like, this is the best song. I'm gonna go download it after. God, <laughs> so embarrassed for you. The song where she's on the bus and she's. Oh no, that's the worst. Where it's like Venus. The Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking download it and put it a clip at the beginning of this episode so everyone could see it's a good song. And then when they're at the final party, the Giftscape Big Bash, I was like, "Fuck yeah, this is a rave! Like this is the best." Like, where's my closest? All all my critique is from the first 45 minutes of the movie. Yes, I agree. I agree. But they got got better. It got so much better, but it took like to get better. It took like right 45 minutes an hour to get better. Did really yeah. enjoy this movie overall, though. I'd watch it again. Hell yeah. I know. I mean, once <laughs> once um, Kate falls and breaks her head, suddenly it like starts getting better. <laughs> and I, that was not played for laughs, and I appreciate it. I feel like in other. Well, it was, and then it wasn't. <laughs> uh, I, I never thought it was played for laughs because like, when she fell, rocks. it was like, whoa. So they're, like, at whoa. The, they're at the beach, right? I'm making air quotes at the beach at the Hamptons, and she's like clearly drunk and climbing on these rocks. And she's like, let's go swimming. You don't need a swimsuit. We'll just go in. And I'm like, this looks really dangerous. And I mean, I know it's coming but in the book and in other movies she's like like throwing herself off the rocks and this was clearly like drunk girl bad decisions She it falls. just looked really funny until and they were like, suddenly in the hospital. But then she's like, yeah. and falls. But then he immediately like sounds totally panicked and it cuts to the other characters and everyone's panicked. And so for mm-hmm. me, it, it didn't play like comedy at all. It was just what? like, oh shit, like something really bad just happened. What did you guys think of Owen in general? Because mm. he, I felt was the I weakest. He was cuter. He was cuter. He was all right. I thought he, he would have stupid. personality. <laughs> you know, yeah. Not like his hair. Yeah, he he has a hard job because he has to be a dick to Ren in the beginning. And he does get two lines in the elevator. He says, "Uh, I hope I'm not uh, disappointed again or some shit to her, which is shitty. It's like, why are you so shitty? And then they're at a party, like the first party of all the parties. And they're all sitting together. And he's like, I like women who aren't swayed by the opinions of others. And Kevin next to me was like, that was a totally normal thing to say and a totally normal way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but is it but Wentworth is a dick? To, I mean, didn't we he on is. our, it's on a our part. podcast, Kristen? I think didn't you go off on a big diatribe about how Wentworth is just like so evil in the beginning? And you never forgive him for the things that he does and says, and Jenny. just flirting with the Musgroves is like completely unforgivable. Yes, that's my thing, and I, that I think it's telling that I couldn't even get worked up about it when watching this movie. I didn't even even freaking care at all and then you know what i thought was interesting is after the big letter which is done by a te- via text in this movie right like he, he writes the letter but he just texts her and she reads it as a text after that happens i thought that was quite well done uh but she doesn't go to him there's no no big romantic moment instead she just goes home the next morning she wakes up she's in her running gear and she just gets really pissed off she just goes to his apartment and says, wait a second, you came back for me and you've been fucking flirting with my assistants. And that felt um, organic to me, like the way I feel at like this fucking and even Lizzie right. says it, even Lizzie says it in like the, the 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 scene before when she's over, she's overhearing it in the bathroom, right? The big breakdown of and she comes out and she's like, I was listening the whole time. And then she's like, so he just came back. He might have just come back to fuck with you and do the shit that men do. And Alicia's like, wait, it's like, yeah. 
And so you do get this indignation of why is he jerking me around that I thought I appreciated, right? But I didn't even care at that point. At that point, I was just thinking, it's weird that she's not falling into his arms because I was just ready for them to get together. (laughs) I was just going to say that last scene was like the first and only point in the movie where it felt like they had chemistry together. Yeah. And it really worked. I cried at the last scene. Twice. Twice I watched it. I actually thought they had more chemistry together when they were apart, if that makes any sense. Because there's several scenes where he's looking at her. I don't think that counts as chemistry. Across the room. She's looking at him. And I was impressed by, like, they both kind of have revelations about each other separately while they're watching each Mm -hmm. other. Not in a creepy way. But I thought those (laughs) were very well done. I'm wondering, though, what do you guys think about the movie, not explicitly, because I don't know why they didn't just do this, but acknowledging that this takes place in a universe where Jane Austen's persuasion novel exists. Like, she uh, Ren named her cat Wentworth. And he's right. like, oh, it's based on that book we read in college with that, the most romantic have brought it up way ever. earlier. <laughs> did it did felt, that work for you? It, I didn't really like, it felt so weird to me because it felt like right at the end, they were like, he was like, wait, her cat's name is Wentworth. Yeah. And it was just kind of like, oh, wait, we got to mention the book real quick, just so people know exactly what this movie is. And I felt like if the writing was a little bit better, maybe we could have just inferred that that's what the movie was. Like she my had problem, a picture, like the book sitting on her nightstand or, yeah. you know, the opening credits where have they're going her, through the whole history, have them yeah. reading this book together. <laughs> or, yeah, or have her reading the book and then someone being like, oh, you're reading that again or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. you kind of get the feeling that this is like maybe her favorite book or she loves Austin or whatever. And But then we just find out that, oh, he likes Austin too, so he's good. That's like his only redeeming quality. Right. (laughs) He's memorized that speech and that is um, a good check. (laughs) Except the quote they both repeat verbatim is wrong is wrong yeah. it's not the real quote oh, which no. drove me up the fucking wall <laughs> but it's like why would you say it's real and in this universe and then change the words of a letter that is canon and everybody now. loves it it's such a <laughs> i was gonna say that and that letter is such like a perfect it's like one of the my favorite parts of the entire novel and it's such an iconic moment and that's one of my big things about this and i hope this is not like mean to say but it felt like this movie was written by someone who read the book once and i was like i don't ever have to look at this book again i remember for everything <laughs> i did look up the, the writers seem like this was like this is definitely like the first movie they've ever written they both wrote short yeah. movies before they've never directed before this is the first time they ever directed anything and it really felt like if we had just had like a seasoned person come in and do like some notes maybe <laughs> you it's, know yeah but you know what good for them like this is where you have to get started somehow so yeah yeah, yeah i agree to, like I mean, what's her name? Autumn DeWilde. She did a pretty good job her first time. I mean, she, I would think, is like a singular talent. Um, But this, I I looked at one of the writers for this movie, and he wrote this movie called Gaby, and it's kind of like this culty kind of queer film that a lot of people have seen. I haven't seen it, but once I kind of found out that's kind of like where we're coming from with his writing pass, I kind of got the feeling that I was like, oh, okay, I understand why the dialogue is so clunky and why there's like all these like weird little like quote unquote millennial Gen Z phrases yeah. thrown in. And, and it's like, cause a lot of gay writers will do that. Like you, like the show um, special on Netflix is really guilty of that. And there are parts of it that are good, like this movie, but then you get so caught up, like stumbling over the dialogue and all these like, oh, we're trying to relate. And I feel like it's so hard with language because 
I would say language is probably the fastest evolving aspect of modern society um, because the, the phrases that they were using are like maybe four to five years old and we don't people don't use them anymore. I'm so glad you said that because in my head I was thinking the way the two assistants talk, usually one of them would have probably been like the gay best right. friend trope yeah. you know like oh it's so ferocious like kind of right. thing and then you're like oh the eye roll because that's now right. such a like bleh, thing to have in your movie but it does have it definitely had that feel the way yeah that, it's like overly and, sassy right yeah and it, it just felt like so unnatural because like mm -hmm. people just don't talk even the people yeah. who came up with that dialogue they don't talk like that yeah I'm glad that you mentioned the whole like the tokenism of like the gay best friend because I feel like they tried to avoid that but they still kind of caved into the tokenism of the kind of funny black assistant. Yes, the sassy oh God, black lady trope. Scene, that first scene, I was just, because you like, were saying how great Denise and yeah. Grayson were and I agree, but her right. first scene, they're like, oh, you can just say KKL. And she's like, I'm not saying KK anything. And I'm like, <laughs> right. Not, <laughs> this is well, not. still, I thought that was hilarious. I mean, I don't know. I was the, the joke was hilarious, but her delivery of everything well, no, she I think was it was very funny. Her delivery, I think, kind of saved that writing because I think it was the next line where after she says KK anything and she says Keller Lynch and she said the other name is Lynch. Like, yeah. That was funny. <laughs> that just made me roll my eyes. And it's it could have gone just, wrong. It could have yeah. gone very wrong. It, it, the, I would say if there wasn't another person reading it, I would definitely be like, okay, like whatever. But I yeah. just, yeah. I love yeah, Grayson hooking up though. That was hilarious I, that was that was good <laughs> that was good although i was a little bit worried i was like he's old and has not been very good with like classist opinions he's probably racist too so i was a little worried yeah but i was gonna say to to, to your point about about her and about that uh kkl joke she also when they're in the hospital after kate does fall there's a precious joke that yeah that the pregnant lady says i could star it something like in the sequel to precious i'm so so big and she's like you yeah. did not and i'm like wait where are we where are we going with this yeah and it's like an attempt to sort of empower her to address that but it it wasn't a theme it didn't happen multiple times it was kind of just slotted in there and i was thinking maybe they were trying to get her out of this of um of a mold or give her a little bit more to do with that but i don't and know i guess also it's she was like the receptionist it was her first day but she doesn't kowtow to anybody in that office like she will hold her own again that you know it's her first day and she's part of the little family like when they yeah. when they all have the hospital montage is where yeah. it's like suddenly i start liking everyone and they're like a little family and i'm like oh i get it you guys are all you come together you like like to bite each other a little bit but you know it's sweet and that's when i suddenly was like okay let's just forget all of that Blipper stuff. Oh, so so we've got Owen. Um, remember, we were talking about the characters. There are also oh, yeah. two other male characters that are set up as maybe romantic interests for Ren. And one is Sam, who is like the sad. He should have been Owen. Yeah. Um, that guy should have played like Owen. His... He was such a better actor. <laughs> and yeah. so much cuter. <laughs> so the Jasper character, he has like a rival firm and he's British. And Bebe Newirth is, I just like saying Bebe. Bebe Newirth is trying to get, hook Ren and him up. Does he have a corollary in the book? Uh, the Tyler character is Mr. Elliot. Mr. Elliot. Yeah. All right. Oh, no, not Jasper. It's Tyler. Jasper's Owen's last name, right? Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 
Oh, okay. Gotcha. So yes. So to to back up for people who haven't seen it, there is a character. His name is Tyler. He's introduced as Vanessa, the aunt's, you know, her uh, boyfriend candidate for Ren. And he is uh, supposed to be Mr. Elliot. He's supposed to be very smooth, but he has good energy. So you're not supposed to like him, but whenever he's on scene, I was like, he's a date. (laughs) I know he's upping the energy of the film. He has snappy dialogue with her. He has snappy dialogue with baby New Earth. Bebe? Bebe? Just doesn't have a lot of really Bebe. good scenes. I mean, I think he's a good actor, but there's no like real, I never think, Together oh, Alicia much. Witt likes him. Yeah, <laughs> you know? he's, and he's totally, he's totally oh, construct. You know, you're not supposed to be rooting for him because you yeah. know, because of movie magic, you're supposed to be rooting for Owen. So he's like DOA, right? In plot terms, but it's he's also still, confusing. And <laughs> yeah, confusing. It's like, why am I supposed to care about this person? He's not in it enough to make you think he's going to have a big plot. It, you know, device, but he is, uh, he's got great energy. So some, he spars with Grayson at one point. And after that scene was over, I was like, that was fun. Yeah. Bring this guy yeah. back, you know, because I wanted more of his, his energy. And yeah, then the reason the company's going under or something. Oh, you know? I know. Yeah. Yes, he or he's trying to take over or <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, and he was, he was trying to poach. And the poach. mild, he's like the mild villainy of trying to poach Rebecca's YouTube star. <laughs> and there's a big All scene right. where someone gets to throw a drink on him, but it's it the worst. iced coffee. <laughs> Iced coffee, <laughs> pour it over his head in his face. <laughs> And it's the worst film scene ever. Like Kevin and I just looked at it there because she has some trouble with the lid or something. Was, she was like, Ugh. yes, yes. And then he leans into it so she could pour it over his head. Did you notice that? So it was like the worst choreographed scene where it's like, okay, we can only do this once or we got to wash his hair. You know, I'm like, re-blow dry it. Make sure you get it on him properly. Right. No, I'm just no, saying I've know. thrown a lot of drinks in people's faces. I've <laughs> <laughs> definitely done that in one take these days iced coffee is precious i would not waste it no yeah like i'm gonna drink this angrily at you that's what you're gonna get but my my question during that scene i was like why is he talking to denise like they're hanging out like they're friends and like i was like wait why is she there no, well, she I wanted that job. She wanted to work for him. He so offered that she her a job, yeah. Could still date Grayson. <laughs> oh, that's right. No, but she ended up taking it too. Didn't oh. she? Yeah, she did. Yeah. So it was like it's, multiple things going mm-hmm. on there. Um, I was gonna say there was not that there was a kind of a mention at the beginning about like, oh, like you guys are dating, like maybe that'll have some sort of effect on your work life, but there was no establishment that they couldn't date each other. Um, and so I totally missed that where she's trying to like get another job so that they can be together. Um, because I kind of figured towards the end that she's supposed to be the Mrs. Clay and uh, that was kind of like her. don't explain it until after the fact so it's right no and that was like her know. way of <laughs> running off with Mr. Elliot but then she's still with Sir Elliot kind of it was just kind of like that I totally missed that yeah. <laughs> makes more sense. kind of dialogue where it's like is it okay for him to date her and they're just like eh. yeah. <laughs> I think it's only the sister yeah only the sister cared Whatever. about it at all but that did lead to one of my favorite lines, which is, um, what's her name? Uh, Rebecca. Something she says is like, Tyler's not our competition. He's just a child trying to swim in a sea of sharks. And I'm Joss. Good singers. I wanted to, I wanted to go to going back to Tyler though, or I guess we never left him. Um, Tyler. The only way reason that the, his, his importance to the plot becomes clear when they're at the final big give skate party. And um, one of the assistants is taking pictures to go on social media. He grabs Ren, spins her around and gives her a sexy movie kiss 
which was sexy. I was like, finally, we're having sex. I know, I was like, movie. chemistry? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> no chemistry. But then, of course, uh, it's projected onto a screen and uh, Owen sees it. To make him jealous. Which is the um, analog to the concert, right, where Owen becomes jealous of Mr. Elliot and storms out, there is nothing worth my staying for. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a fucking drama queen, isn't what he? What a wanker. Really so is that absolute dickhead. <laughs> He really is. But that was done well enough from a filmmaking perspective. You know, the camera zooms in on his face, then he storms out and the camera tracks him. And it was emotionally resonant enough that that's when I finally became invested, as you were saying, Maya, in in Owen and Ren, and they finally start to get some scenes where they have some chemistry. Well, that's well, what yeah, I was talking that- about his face. Like, she's not there, but you see him reacting and he looks really sad and upset. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's like, this is believable. I was taking notes and I was like, in the book, when this happens, Anne realizes that, oh, he's jealous and he still loves me. And in this, she just yells at baby Newworth in a bathroom. But I did (laughs) think that that was honestly, I was like struggling because I wanted the Alicia Witt and baby Newworth scenes to be like the best scenes in the movie. And they were so forgettable. But that one, like really, I was like, oh, good. When they have to be dramatic, suddenly like it gets... Like Alicia Witt is much better at the dramatic stuff, I think. Yeah. So when she's stepping out of that like comedic role, this scene really worked for me. That I um, loved that scene. I thought it was great where she's like yelling at her, but she also is like, "You're your own person." Yeah, take responsibility. I am also like she does take responsibility. But I mean, when you are upset, you're upset and you lash out. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt like Bebe Newworth also did. I say Bebe because I'm Shit's Creek, and they, you know. Oh, say I see your shirt. (laughs) Ew, David. Ew, David. Um, anyway, uh, tangent. So Bebe Newworth is also, she also feels bad. You can tell everyone feels bad. Everyone knows there's blame to share. Um, kind of wish they had had like a blow up bathroom scene, the two ladies at the beginning of the movie so that we could have established like their relationship. Cause that's like their best relationship moment. And I feel like having that kind of color, the rest of their stuff would have given it more depth but I mean I'm glad that we got it it just feels like oh it's a little late for us to care at this point and one of the things that really muddied the waters was at first she was saying no I wanted Ren I wanted you to follow your career it's what your mother would have wanted and then she says well why did you hate Owen so much as though that wasn't enough of a reason and baby North gets to say he reminded me of your father another unreliable dreamer and it's like do not add daddy issues into this that doesn't need to be there let's stay focused yeah. on the career what's best for you you and your life issue right um should have been like i don't want you to move across the country away from me that's yeah. what it should have yeah. been yeah. right <laughs> but again like i would not encourage my 21 year old daughter to move i agree to across the you entire know, country to follow a dude i don't see how that right. would have hurt her career in any way to be on the West Coast. on the West Coast. Yeah. Exactly. I, I think I what thought, was but I thought the overall situation was believable. Do you know yeah, what I, mean? I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. What I think is was an opportunity missed was that Lady Russell in the book, because we get established early on that Anne's mother died. And so Lady Russell is kind of like the step in mother for her. In the movie, we kind of just get I totally missed that B.B. Newworth's character was her aunt. And so I think it would have been if it was more of like an emotional attachment rather than like you need to stay with your career as an intern and do this. And then we find out at the end, oh, by the way, both your parents are gone. So I'm kind of your mother, sort of. Yeah, she mentions towards the end when she's talking to, I think, 
sand where she says, you know, well, my mother died when I was 16. Yeah. I'm like, well, right. that information should have been given much earlier. So then we understand right. why these people were able to persuade her. There was a moment that was very easy to miss earlier in the movie when they're touring the venue for the big give skate party where he calls her a rich girl. And she says, rich girl, I moved in with Vanessa when I was 16. My life before that wasn't rich. And I was like, uh, is Vanessa like a, a patron, a benefactress? And then yeah. you kind of have to work back backwards to realize, oh, she lost her family. She lost her mother. She had to move in with Vanessa, the aunt that took her in and is a mother figure. So you do, like you're saying, you're piecing it okay. backwards, right? I'm sure there's probably a line to- so much time on that damn map. <laughs> I can't explain this I know. important information. <laughs> they go deep into point systems and income. Yeah. And I was like, who is going to give you their, their financial info? But anyway- we, we covered that ground. <laughs> there there has to be, like, somebody must refer to Vanessa as her aunt, like, early in the movie. She but does. The easy, the easy way to do this is just like in Spider-Man, right? He always refers to his aunt as his aunt. Aunt May. Call her, call her aunt Vanessa, right? Like, right. Yeah, well, in the, okay, not to just defend this weird point, but in the very first scene with Denise, <laughs> she's like, someone called for you? And Ren's like, oh, yeah, my aunt. But it's very easy to miss that at the beginning so when exposition. so much information yeah. is getting thrown at you. Right. So, yeah. no, I totally hear you. You can't stick important stuff in the middle of like in, in a in a half muttered <laughs> line that just seems like filler. Yeah, exactly. I feel like they could have taken the movie as is and just re-edited it with like some I better agree. sound, some quicker cuts. Yes, and yes, like yes. maybe some different order of the way things happen. And it could have been, you know. I, better. I so agree. Not it's that like, it wasn't good, but it just like, it could have been, you know, kind of like in the clueless range or maybe a little below that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I so agree though. Maya, I was kept asking myself, what is got, what is wrong here? What is, what is making me not click? And I do think that it was more stagey. It was more talky talky. All the shots were like almost full body shots head to like low waist. They didn't mm -hmm. have enough cameras maybe to like yeah, keep no, cutting to sure. people's yeah. faces and back. They didn't have the tight editing. Like I was saying, it was like people walking on and walking off, hitting their marks. This um, is all production value. Yes. Stuff, by the and way. and like, it's yeah. things we can absolve, right? Because right. there's just, it wasn't enough money and they were doing their best effort. And, but the, the, you know, it does take away. It does. When you're watching an old movie from the forties, the pacing and stuff, that makes it harder to watch because it's not what we're used to. And it's not the attention grabbing, snappy attention, keeping things that we're all used to. Well, mind. you know, I love David Lynch and I, so I don't mind. Here's a 40 minute sequence where we're just like watching an ant crawl. Across the <laughs> I just feel like some of the later scenes could have benefited at the beginning. And the beginning part was so like, it felt like everything was a little too long. Like we should have just, cut everything for comedy's sake, a little bit shorter cuts. Yes. Yeah. But um, I don't want us to forget to talk about the scene where Ren and Sam, right? The friend who's the Bennett character, who's sad. We, let me talk about him for a second, the sad character. So he's introduced- <laughs> He's a sad character. He's another sad character. And when he and Alicia Witt have sneezed and they're just talking to each other, it is low, 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 low energy. 
but they're sad. So they're talking about they're sad. They're, they they update the poetry readings with song lyrics. They're, so like they're goth talk. Goth <laughs> talk. <laughs> yeah. <they're laughs> so Joy division. Oh, yeah. Let me see the Smiths. Yeah. And and so I'm like, should I be listening to these songs? I did, no, Chris, because you, can, you don't have to go that far down the road. Okay. All right. It's like I don't know. Maybe they're good songs. I don't. I'm not. I didn't know about new wave. Right. But anyway, they do the updated poetry as song lyrics. But anyway, it's um this character is explained why he's sad in a way that is so bonkers where Owen Jasper says, Oh, his fiance got cancer. And Alicia Wood is like, Oh my God, did she die? And he's like, no. Oh, no, she totally got better and turned into a huge bitch. Yeah. <laughs> she, like, she found her new identity. That's all. Right, <laughs> she started being with sad sack. Sam. He blew up her life. Is that blew what up he her said? life. That's what yeah. he says. And it's like she got into spiritualism and changed her name to there's this weird joke about how she's changed her name to feather or racehorse or back again or whatever and, and, it is oh, this and now week. she's an unpronounceable yes <laughs> now she's un- it's yeah. like okay a prince joke it's like okay that's topical right yeah. like we all remember that <laughs> i mean you know what i'm saying christian yes, you totally yes, got yes. it right it's like you're just reaching for some obvious joke but it was weird because it was like we want him to be sad but we also don't want to hate him because he's moving on from his fiance only a year after and it's like um they couldn't think of another a way to year solve this is issue. not that no I it's like that's too short of time in modern no, i don't think it feel like it's too short of a time yeah everybody is moving on a different you know they should plane have just had food. angela or whatever her name is die I did like Sam though. I thought he yeah. was um, cute. He was great. He's cuter. <laughs> and I thought that with him he did have more chemistry with Alicia Witt yeah. than Owen. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody had more chemistry with Alicia Witt than the romantic lead. Yeah. <laughs> but the scene at the end, it's supposed to be the Harville and Anne Elliot saying, women don't recover from their heartbreak like men do. They even do something like that? Because I didn't remember. Yes, it was very forgettable. Yeah, okay. Right before he sends the text. (laughs) In fact, I had to rewind it and watch it three times because the first two times I was like, oh, wait, that seemed important, but I wasn't paying attention. This is a hundred percent true story. I was like, should I have been listening to that? (laughs) (laughs) Same, (laughs) same. Except I didn't rewind. I was like, I just missed it. I'm okay, so what, is the, what is the corollary? What is the discussion that they have that is like that? <clears throat> yeah, do so they forget this, us quicker than we forget But what them? is in the movie? How do they do it? Because I don't so remember. She's just sitting with Sam. It's before Owen gives a big speech to launch Givescape, right? right? And so his text. Yeah. And That's what inspires text. him to send his text, basically. <laughs> Exactly. So Owen is right outside the door. He's overhearing this conversation between Ren and Sam. She's talking about how he's just gotten a new girlfriend, which is Kate, her assistant. Right. So that was the big surprise. It's actually not Owen that Kate's going out with. It's Sam. So that's the tension of does Wentworth love Louisa? Will he get engaged to Louisa? So anyway, that was a too long digression. I'll cut that out. But what happens is Owen is overhearing Ren and Sam talk about whether men or women move on faster from heartbreak, which is exactly the conversation that Anne Elliott and Harville are having. And they're just sitting in a room. I mean, it's not a visually dynamic. It's kind of like, okay, we're marking time until the big event. Right. But then you see Owen is listening. He comes into the room, he pulls out his phone and he starts tapping on his phone, tap, tap, tapping. And then it cuts to him giving a speech. And so he starts out with his speech and he's like, 
sending love can be as easy these days as a push of a button. And he has his cell phone in his hand, in his hand and he hits a button. And then Ren gets a text and that's the letter. So she pulls up her phone and she's like, oh, he sent, he hit that button and it sent me a text. And then she's reading this letter, this heartfelt letter. Like it's always been you. I love you. I, I came back to there, by the way. I thought they both did. She mm-hmm. was just like yes. stricken and he saw her reading it while yes. he was giving his speech. It yes. was very well done. I was invested. I, yeah. I agree. I mean, Maya cried at the end. So I, I did. I watched it twice because the first time I was like, what is this? And then halfway through, I started just being like, well, this is just silly nonsense. And then I was crying at the end. I was like, something weird must have happened. Well, <laughs> so I watched it again and took notes and I was still crying at the end. I was like, well, Jane Austen just oh. a good writer. I can't help it. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's it. my problem is i can't watch anything <clears throat> longer than 20 minutes so it took me like four sittings to watch, <laughs> to watch this it. movie um but i i enjoyed it pretty much all the way through but i for the whole time was like well this is just like silly frothy whatever i i did have like a few I, well I, I just have a bunch of little things at this point probably like wentworth they keep talking about him like he's the worst cat on earth and he is the chillest cat of everything <laughs> yeah. in life but he's so chill he doesn't eat which like i realize yeah. too because my this baby went through a feeding strike and he's just yeah. like i'm not gonna I'm not <laughs> <laughs> you can't make me eat <laughs> Um, she named her cat Wentworth, by the way. I thought yes. that was cute. I know. I I'm, about, I'm getting cute. a puppy soon. And I was like, should I name my, him after a Jane Austen character? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, here's what you do. You do a Jane Austen name and a David Lynch character name. And then you make it like their full name is the two names. And I was like, Ooh. is it Bingley Brennan? Brennan? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I Bingley was a good choice. So my dog is named Mr. Bingley. And so we were watching this and oh. I was like, what kind of loser names their pet after a Jane Austen character? <laughs> <laughs> and you just start like sweating profusely. You're like, yes. I don't know. Uh... Yeah, it's just like that meme where the girl's trying to sleep and her brain whispers something to her, and then in the lap, she's just like wide awake. She's like, Wait. <laughs> um, I will also say that um, Anne Elliot would never leave her suitcase on a bus. I know, like that was the <laughs> <bad laughs> thing. It was the dumbest. Oh yeah, I showed up. Hey, so like I forgot my suitcase on the bus. What? I was like, why are you taking a bus to the Hamptons? I well, mean, that's a real thing. Though. It's, a, it's the jitney. And later, Grayson is like, help her get the jitney. And I was pissed off again. I was like, we do not live in New York. We don't Guys, know that the name of the bus that like goes to the Hamptons is in the city. For it's in Gossip Girl, too. And it, yeah, so it's like, I mean, now that now this we know all because cultural of those... knowledge. Come on, Kristen. But what? But why would if I lived in 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 South Korea, in India, in Australia, in watch, Ireland, you think they don't watch Sex in the City. I'm sure they do but this is not something we should expect them to know it's bullshit i get no idea so i don't mad. watch this in the city I, I didn't even know if we were in new york but you know i'm gonna just be like who cares it's any no, place it's usc usa <laughs> somewhere near the hamptons it's like the bolt bus right like i take the bolt mm-hmm. bus to new york right so. but nobody knows that you I, mean, I just thought it was weird because she seems like she should have enough money to yeah, yeah she well, says she fell asleep and when she woke up she was in she's like a rush. oops i left my suitcase and that's why she gets no. to wear sexy dresses that always like oh a makeover you know i hated, that right. dress too. <laughs> I hated it i hated that teal dress too the blue one i thought it looked okay what were you gonna say it came from forever Sorry. 21 <laughs> no i um i mean i thought she looked good in the dresses but it was such a weird um she looked good setup for her to get like a quote-unquote makeover to be yes. like sorry i forgot, I forgot my, my butt suitcase. my suitcase on the bus like a one. bus 
Yeah, and those buses, the way they're set up is like they get there and the driver gets off and gives everyone their yeah. luggage. Yeah, so yeah. he's going to be like, I have another piece of luggage. Who does he want to? <laughs> a lady, um, wait. Right. She wakes up and she's like, oh, I can't function for an hour. I know. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of the most obvious, like, for story reasons. This is why this is happening in the whole right. movie. And it made for me really two mad because that was just lazy writing. <sighs> this has literally happened to me. Oh, well, I packed a bottle of vodka in my bag so I could get it cheaper at the liquor store down the street from me than in the Hamptons. <laughs> and it broke open. And now everything I own it's smells so- like alcohol. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like that. Except for that she gets drunk off of one shot. <laughs> That's another thing I was going to bring up. <laughs> The parties that this company that's going under throws are like high school dance level. They are yes. so boring. <laughs> they have no the visual dancing. anything. Oh, when I felt bad. It's just like streamers. Tell that they had, they, you know, they put the music in af- in post and so they have to record the dialogue. So everyone's just like... <laughs> She's dancing for the podcast yes. listeners. Popping, <laughs> dancing, and that happens in movies all the time. But I felt like it was really obvious in this one. Yeah, everyone was. Well, Alicia Witt was like different. not a great dancer. Honestly. Oh no! I don't yes. think anyone in this movie was a good dancer. Because... So you didn't like the scene where Denise was like, "So you got moves like Jagger." Also dated, by the way. Yeah. And Grace is like, are you talking about Beyonce? I think she Jagger? was like, I can't believe I'm saying this as she said. It. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, that face that she made when she was saying, it, like, like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to deliver this line, but I'm not going to be happy about it. Then he's like, are you talking about Bianca Jagger of the bygone days of Studio 54? Yeah. And then they get on the... They get on the floor and their dancing is funny and good. And um, it's silly. It's silly and funny good. It made me smile. And then they got, then the scene changed and Kevin was like, they were trying to convince us we were having a good time. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's cute that Kevin watches these movies with you. Yeah. When they're all hanging around in the hospital, I was like, they're not, I, I said to him, I was like, nobody's concerned. They're just bored and inconvenienced. And he's like, that's yeah. my, that's my feeling about this movie. I am bored and inconvenienced. I do like your point though, that that's kind of when it turned around for you because you start seeing them as a family. And that might be the first time we have I like all that the characters too. in mm-hmm. one scene together. Um, yeah. And so establishing that earlier would probably have been, I guess you have like the conference room, but at that point, there's still so much exposition flying yes. at you. I agree. It's all business. Yeah. And to be fair, Kevin, Kevin was just being funny. He, I think he enjoyed it too, despite, you know, you know, we're, you know, you know, I, I have been crapping on it a lot, but, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that's Maggie. I, I completely agree. Like overall, my experience was positive. I've warm feelings towards this movie. I think a lot of things were cute and went right, but it's just, we've, you know, I definitely felt the lack of what, what wasn't there. Right. The, the skill that was Mm -hmm. Well, I would I like to record rolling. a commentary. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a good idea. Oh, that'd be I talk to the screen a lot. Oh, <laughs> yes. And I remember rolling my eyes at the like animated sequence in the beginning where it's like, kind of there, like you were saying, Christian. <laughs> oh, man. That felt very man. Hallmark movie. But then at the end, it was Wentworth's blip account. And I thought oh. it was cute. Yes, mm-hmm. it was so cute. That was cute. That it was, was cute. Yeah. It, it I ends think like that... just with them smooching. And then I'm kind of like, mm-hmm. well, like, what the fuck happens? Like, where does she, does she move to San Francisco? Like, what happens? And then some of these no, questions he moves to New York. <laughs> 
yeah, some it. of these questions are answered in the credit sequence where you see them like moving in together and stuff. And oh, I right. did appreciate too, he, at the end, part of his romantic spiel, he's like, I don't care where we live. You can come to San Francisco. I'll move here, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I really liked that because he still wasn't demanding that she give up anything right. to be with him. So good job. The beginning credits did kind of explain a lot of stuff, but I didn't notice it the first time yeah. through because yeah. they're so long and it's like, what is, because they look, I mean, they're cute, but like, because they're so like, limited movement and the eyes are weird it just looks kind of crazy sometimes <laughs> i was distracted by the terrible like seaside uh well i mean like a seaside like a b-side of an album you know anyway, oh yeah yeah uh, yes yes that immediately downloaded <laughs> was it written especially for the movie or was it just no. like stock music i'm sure it's just probably like, stock yeah i feel like they i am sympathetic to budget concerns i feel like they got a trial version of an animation uh software you know like viand or whatever you can mm-hmm. get online and they're like we'll just do a little animation and did you notice the credits were credits created by nscrawl.com yeah. <laughs> I I will say, I will give a shout out, Alicia Witt, shout out, producer credit. Good for her. Good for her. her. I think she got a co producer credit and then it had two executive producers. But I was like, you go, girl. Good for you. That's actually. I absolutely love that she was. 40 years old you know you do not get 40 year old romantic leads in movies very often and i appreciate that i think they're like i didn't necessarily have a problem with like the aging up necessarily i just think like when i think about like these rom-coms like sleepless in seattle and all these like famous ones like the the romantic leads have just that like that special quality to them and they have this like singular like I kind of know this person but this person is like I only know one person like this like Mm -hmm. it's like this singular thing and she kind of just blends into the rest of the crowd you know what I mean like not like Alicia Witt but just like the character is just kind of so like blah well that's kind of an Elliot too isn't it like to be honest (laughs) well I mean say what you there's obviously a lot of people crap on like the Hallmark style of movies but I will say because they are consistent with using the same actors a lot Many of those films have 40 plus leads now, which like Maya was saying, pretty unusual for the genre. So like, I appreciate that too. I mean, I think she's supposed to be like basically my age, which I really appreciate it. I want to see. Yeah. I was like, I'll never look like Alicia Witt. (laughs) She's so, some of the people in this movie are so skinny. I'm like, that is unrealistic. (laughs) These people are so skinny. (laughs) I hated the part in the beginning when like Vanessa's like, I brought your favorite muffin. And then because Owen is coming, she's shoving it in her mouth. It's like, come on, we don't need to do this. We don't need to do this. There was, that was like my issue. There was like some weird where it was like, this is the modern perspective and it was made last year but there's so many like dated like weird movie tropes Rom-com like think yeah yeah where like um it's her lizzie where she gives birth and then like oh maybe like a week after she's in high heels at a party dancing and she's like all i've been eating all week is spinach and it's like what are you talking about like you don't need to you don't need to like snap back or anything like that that's not a thing anymore i could it felt so wa- weird. i could walk down the hallway of the hospital on like my fourth day and back and they were like you're doing yeah. great yeah. like that's so good you're i've been on the treadmill job. eating spinach all week and like, it's like it's how yeah. no that is an excellent point christian especially the first half 
they don't do it so much in the back half, but those rom-com tropes, like again, oh, she hits her head on the conference table. Ugh, she's stressed. Blah. The, Blah. And then I would say the dialogue sounds like sassy gay fr- best friend dialogue, like this kind of thing. And then I feel like they just kind of drop that later and just get yeah. to it. And it's so and much that's more what, successful. Yeah, it's so much more enjoyable in the second yeah. half. I agree. I would have really though liked to see, I mean, I was thinking, would Lizzie have made a better um, Ren, the girl who plays Lizzie, just because I feel like she's got a real handle on comedic timing. But then I was like, yeah. well, she's probably too young to play it. But I really would have loved to see like um, some comedic actress, like a Jessica St. Clair or somebody, you know, an older yeah. comedic actress who, you know, is going to make the most out of every moment. And yeah. I think because there's so much comedy written into the movie, because the dramatic parts, Alicia Witt is great, but like <laughs> the co- comedic parts are where I'm like, like <laughs> you know, what's so weird is that I feel like they didn't have to give Alicia Witt any comedic stuff because Anne's not very funny in the book. I, I, like yeah, she, I don't think they actually did. Like, I agree with Christian here for sure. Yeah, they don't really, I didn't feel like they needed to give her anything, which is why like the whole, like it's just like a little bit awkward to see her try and like do physical comedy or anything because it just doesn't fit the character. Like she's supposed to be very yeah. serious, very just like, you know. It's still gonna be good comedic timing to play the straight man though. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard right. to have a whole muffin in your mouth at once. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I've personally experienced. It's hard for some, I've heard. (laughs) Christian's like, I can do that in my (laughs) All the muffins. (laughs) Okay, guys, I'm sorry. I have to tap out. Well, and Christian, you can just do like a, oh, at this point, Maggie had to go tender her child or something. (laughs) Okay, cool. And we'll just hold on to that wheat sheaf then. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah. Until another time. I had some notes. I know my, you had some notes about silly things, but I had notes about a lot of silly things too. And um, I made a note about, okay, so there's a throwaway social network joke where the young hip person is like, oh, I'm like Mike, Mark Zuckerberg refreshing to see if Rooney Mara has accepted my friend request. And Ren's like, I, I understood that reference. And she's like, I speak old. And it's like, I, at that point, was offended. I was like, fuck you. <laughs> the social network is not an old movie. No. Uh, and no, like, but I do think that that's where I was like, I think I like Crystal because she's managing to say this dialogue and still make me like her. Yes, so. make us love her. Yes, I, and I did. I was like never offended by her jabs of, about old people, except for that in a vacuum, the very concept of the social network being old movie. What did it came yeah. out, come out like 10 years ago? Is, am I? Something like that. It's not that just old. It's like 22 though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like if you were in your twenties, you probably saw it when you were in like, I don't know, your teens or something. Right. I don't know. Right. Okay, maybe I'm just <clears throat> trying to make myself feel better. Um, <laughs> but I was like, come on. Zoomers love the Winkle Vi. Like we all talk about army hammer right. with play <laughs> twins, right? Like before the dark times. Yeah. Yeah. We don't talk about Army Hammer anymore. Well, that's what's so, that's was such like a, a missed connection for me. Like the whole modernizing of it was like, I, like Mark Zuckerberg is not like cool anymore <laughs> at all. Like no one likes him. He, like the whole Facebook thing is bad. Um, and yeah. I, it just felt so weird where she was making these jokes to be kind of funny, but I was like, I don't really like any of these jokes. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the jokes in this movie were like, you're watching them. You don't laugh out loud intellectually. You're like, I guess that's kind of funny. (laughs) Cool. So should we wrap up with final thoughts? 
Sure. Sure. Yeah, I think we pretty much covered it. I think we did. Except for that, I thought Alicia Witt's styling was sometimes really good and sometimes i was like what is this that you're wearing she left those oh, bow tie like the, sh- yeah, the string ties they're everywhere I love those. <laughs> you know at the beginning when she was wearing that purple blouse and rebecca comes in and she's like i hate that blouse the color is both loud and sad <laughs> was really and i was like you know what i actually agree i also yes. hate that color <laughs> Yes. Later, she's having um, dinner with uh, Baby Newworth, and she's in this ivory blouse with blue flowers on it, which should be beautiful, except for her hair is red and her her skin is pink. So it took on this greenish cast. And I was like, the Mm -hmm. whole scene, I was so distracted by how much I hated that blouse on. (laughs) I don't know if you had. I really didn't like the frilly one that was like frills down the front and a cherries on the rest. Oh, yeah. (laughs) She wore it to a party. But then the next scene, she was wearing like this pink polka dotted shirt and I was like okay girl you look great but like the scene before no (laughs) I'm sure it's like tough too it's like um this isn't working well like it's like that's all the wardrobe we have you know like yeah kind of thing we're just gonna (laughs) have to do it (laughs) and I just wanted this movie to have about five hundred thousand more dollars and exactly yeah do some reshoots do have like um you know um a script doctor come in and just like punch it up. <laughs> I agree. Edit a little bit. It could have been right now. It kind of feels like a good Hallmark movie, but I think it could have been like a decent, just mid grade movie. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to preface my like final thoughts with, I have zero filming, acting, anything talent. So anything I say will should be taken with a grain of salt, but yeah, I just, I, I've just, I, you know, certain things that just didn't appeal to me personally. I think, I, I think it's okay to have a certain opinion, you know, because it's not like we're saying we could have done a better movie. Yeah, no, right. We definitely, <laughs> definitely could not have. I was like, I am, I am garbage. So it's really I'm not easy to be a critic, right? If you listen right. to our podcast ever, we, pretty much can find the good stuff in everything that we watch. And I feel like I was being especially critical for this one, even though it honestly did get me by the end. I did cry (laughs) both times I watched it. I thought the last scene really worked. I thought all the surrounding characters were pretty good, honestly. Um, I just, it was the main love story that was hard for me to like get into. I think that the Jane Austen fans of the world are so... Mm eager to support anything that is Jane Austen related and everything I've seen about it has been so meh that I just feel like it could have been so easy to take it to the next level you know with a little like if it come out in 2021 instead of 2020 just (laughs) to give it that extra year to like you know fix some of the stuff but um, it could have been actually pretty successful. I think in a lot of these like modernizations of Jane Austen's work, I think where they kind of fall short is they don't commit to us like a singular idea. Like they wanted to modernize it, but then they also wanted to like change the story and the characters a little bit. Then we had references to the actual book and it just felt like they didn't really know who they were making this movie for. I read an article that said they, that when they were doing, when they were like editing the script, they, kept in all the the persuasion stuff they were like well mm-hmm. when we came to a persuasion part that we knew we, we kept that in and 
I mean, obviously a lot of the persuasion stuff was what worked best. I mean, at the end, yeah. but then I also felt like they could have just like leaned into the rom-comness of it. Oh, you know? absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Modern adaptations can really have a downfall of trying to be too faithful. Right. Which is why Bridget Jones works so well. This is taking the underlying idea and fleshing it out with new things, things that will surprise people and delight people. Right. Rather than yeah. doing a step-by-step retelling and tying it back to the, the book a little too much. Maybe I don't, I don't know. I feel like my I, my criticisms diverge a little bit. <laughs> I find it really hard because I've, we've, I've read the book and I've seen an adaptation. So I know these characters and I feel like when you have these modern persuasion adaptations, you're looking for these characters as like a Jane Austen fan. You're like, you kind of almost like innately want to pick out who's who and it's kind yeah, of almost yeah. fun. Yeah. And when you make it super confusing, it's like, I kind of get lost in the details yeah. a little bit. <laughs> right. It's like, what are they doing now? You're thinking you're working a little right. overtime to see like, oh, is this scene and this, this conceit related to what's going on with this character back in the book? I wonder if they had just kept the names the same as they were in the books, if that would have just been like an easy shorthand and then no one would have had to try to figure out who's who and it wouldn't have made so much of a difference. Like, cause I know I spent the first 30 minutes going, who's who and how does this relate? And when it probably, I mean, watching it the second time, it still wasn't that interesting, but I was like, but I didn't feel like, you know, I was trying to just like let the movie take me away. It, it felt kind of like they filmed it in order and edited mm-hmm. it in order because it felt oh, like yeah, yeah. we're getting used to what we're doing and finally yeah. by the end we've warmed up. Yeah. I know that's right. not usually how movies work, but yes. <laughs> right. I completely agree with that. It just you lose that magic of like how the relationships develop and how these characters kind of get from point A to point Z. And so I think that's why the romantic element just didn't kind of really work because you kind of lose that magic of her, of these like realizations that they're having. And that's kind of like the whole theme of persuasion. And a lot of Jane Austen's work is like, they're like realizing new information that we already kind of know. Yeah. yeah. And in this one, I feel like we never kind of got a lot of that information. We were just kind of realizing with the characters. Right, right. Like the emotional like re- revelations. And that, and that that's, that's hard too. I, I didn't feel mm-hmm. because Anne Elliot is not in a position of constantly being sort of lower on the social scale and looking up like my life I could have had. Right. There's not that investment initially until the end. You know that Ren kind of is like, oh, you know, like looking at her old texts and everything, but. She should have been swiping through Twitter at the beginning. I mean, not Twitter, um, Tinder at the beginning. Yeah, (laughs) that's kind of like my thing about like leaning in. It's like, if we're going to really modernize it, I don't think someone's going to be hung up on like their college boyfriend from 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. And you would have erased that text message conversation yeah, yeah. i mean if it was me that, i would have done it the next day erased it but that website would have already like collapsed collapsed yes, 20 years later so. you wouldn't have exactly right, exactly right. exactly updates would have like wiped it out sorry your old right. messages will disappear in six months I exactly yeah i did like it whenever though they did have a conversation and she was like so you're just gonna be a dick you know like she right. she wasn't really <laughs> taking his crap so i did appreciate that i did like that too me too there was no analog to the beautiful moment in the book where he knows she's tired and he hands her into the croft's 
carriage, you know, so being a dick to her, but secretly like hoping she's okay and trying to doing all these little things. Yeah. From a child, those little transactions, (laughs) I think are what make persuasion so powerful. Yeah. I never felt like he cared about her. We didn't feel like, yeah, I felt like his boss decision to come to this company until he said it at the end. Yeah. And also like a lot of the, like the, dickish behavior it feels weird because i'm like you're hiring them like you're it's like a business relationship almost and it just feels so like weird and unprofessional yeah like there's more at stake than just being like oh we are acquaintances and he's just being kind of rude yeah Yeah, i wish they had had like more like we're sparring with each other you know kind of a thing so just so I can I feel agree. like there is a chemistry between these two people, even if it is like anger based, you know? Right. Now I hear you. Yeah. So thank you so much again for <laughs> like, like overly critical doing this and watching this movie. It might not have been like your first choice for like. <laughs> no, I'm happy to know. I hope I didn't come across as being like too. Um, you know, negative towards the movie. And no, that's I just... why we're here. Like, that's why we're here. Like, bitch sesh. Like, that's what all our episodes are. Like, why did they do this? It's like 30 minutes of being like, why did they do this? It's me doing an impression of Maggie doing an impression of me. So I know she will appreciate it. I would like to see another modern persuasion. I would like to see, and there are two more coming out, but yes. the one that was billed as modern with, um, what's her face? Dakota. They, Dakota Johnson. Dakota Johnson. They were like, it's going to be a modern adaptation, but they're in period clothes. So that's not yeah. the case. So like, maybe they just mean the sensibility is more modern, I guess. And yeah. then there's another one coming out with the lady from Succession. Who's gonna when are they going to make two new Mansfield parks? That's what I want. I know. I, I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. My collection is getting so uneven now. It's like, okay, we've already had a million Emma adaptations and now we're going to have a million persuasions. Why don't we have a million Pride and Prejudice? That's what I want to know. Why aren't there more Pride yeah. and Prejudice adaptations in the world? <laughs> we were promised like a gritty reboot or something. A I thought there was ago. one coming out. That never, it never came to fruition. And Mansfield Park is just sitting there with all this unused, brilliant material. As you know, I'm like super invested in it. So I'm like, but I was like writing notes about it the other night. I was like, it could be so good if you just soaped it up a little bit, Bridgerton it up a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Like I well, have it's lots. It's already pretty soapy. Story. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the most sexy of all of her books. In I my have opinion. lots <laughs> of thoughts about how you can do Mansfield Park to make it really fascinating. It's a very thinky, you know, like, it's a very psychological story, but you could do so many cool things. I like both the ones that exist, but um, I always want more, 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 more. Always want more. All the adaptations. <laughs> more, 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 more. With good like central chemistry, so you can drink white wine and watch it, and just sit back and yes. be like, yes, and relax. Mood. Take it in. Kiss, 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 kiss. Yeah. That's what I do. I want a Henry Crawford that is so hot that I cannot yes. resist him. <laughs> do you guys? Um, I really like what you do when you end your podcast where um, you have had shared things that you're interested in or that you're reading or watching, like not related to the podcast. Do you want to do like Mm -hmm. one of those rounds? Sure. Um, Well, I, this week watched the entirety of mayor of East. (laughs) It was so good. I never binged the mayor of East town. Oh, mayor. Yes. Okay. I've heard of that. (laughs) I normally don't binge stuff and 
it's recently it's taken me a really long time to get into anything new, but um, I watched it in two days and I really enjoyed it. The second half was much more tear jerking. <laughs> so I felt a little <laughs> bit like, how dare you make me cry all day. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I really liked it. And actually I am almost done reading your book right now. Goddess. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> me? Your book. Yes. Goddess. Really? Yes. <laughs> reading Goddess? Yeah, I'm listening to it. I only got like two more hours left. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Seriously, fucking nobody reads that book. Like, I've had zero sales for the past like two years. So I just my mind is blown. That's really, really kind of you to check it out. Thank you. I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> oh, that's so the the gal who did the voice acting for the audiobook. I'm thrilled that you bought the audiobook because I told her up front. I was like listen, nobody will buy this book. Like I, I am going to try to market. I tried to market the audiobook to the best of my ability, but I don't have like a, a publisher behind me. And so I'm so glad that she's getting a little money out of it. She was just starting out. I think she wanted like a practice book and um, she did an amazing, amazing job. She even like learned how to pronounce the Latin. So oh, wow. I, I actually went to Boise State University and got a Latin scholar to read it correctly. And then the gal just like listened to it until she could pronounce it correctly. She put so much time and effort. So thank you so much. That's so sweet. I, yeah, I really like it. I need to, now I need to find out what happens at the end because we're all <laughs> building up to this big ending. But <laughs> It is like naked baby photos looking back at that book. Like I just, I just like look back on my my freshman writer self and I'm like so many things like make me roll my eyes now Did that I would Did you study like, um, Roman history yeah, or anything? Yeah, yeah, so, but only in high school, but I was super into it. Like I um, started late and then I took two years at once. I did year Latin two and three at the same time because I wanted to take both years of AP. So I just went every day and sat in the hallway on the cold floor <laughs> and like tried to accelerate my Latin studies because that's how super, super, super into it I was. Oh, and wow. um, it's dedication. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was like the most day I won um, or my husband won Latin student of the year for doing jack shit at his high school. So he's constantly <laughs> being like, well, you're good, but you're no Latin student. Of the year. <laughs> Latin student of the century. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wrote a book about it, girl. <laughs> um, I can't thank you enough for checking it out. Thank you so much. Well, I'm definitely going to recommend that to your audience. I'm sure you've recommended it before, but I have mentioned it before. Yeah, Goddess, my my pen name is Callista Hunter, and um, it definitely is like a it's like a YA adventure slash romance. But um, so, Christian, what are you into these days? I we're starting to get into a lot of the Apple Plus series, um, and so I started binging Mythic Quest, which is that Rob McElhaney show from uh, if you always. No, it's um. So do you uh, know it's always sunny in Philadelphia? Yeah. Uh huh. So the, oh my God, who does he play on that? He's kind of like the dumb one who's secretly gay. Yes. Okay, Mac. Yeah. Yeah, it's Mac. And he's kind of like the writer, one of the writers of the show. And it's his show. And it's about this gaming company, a la like World of Warcraft kind of. Um, It's like super big. And they're like, you know, trying to get out these expansion packs. And they're trying to like design all this. And he's kind of like the hot headed, like, you know, I'm a genius because I can come up with these worlds. And there's like his... (laughs) Um, one of his executive producers, who's like um, a female in tech, and she's like one of the programmers. Um, and so it's just like seeing all the relationships together. It's got a really good cast. It's funny and it's like heartwarming at some points, and it's just really good writing and really fun acting. And this sounds I amazing. Really it. Is do you have to have like an Apple TV subscription to watch it? Is that how it works? Yeah, um, it's on Apple Plus. Apple- 
Yeah, I think you, I can't remember if you get, I think you get a month for free. Oh, cool. Actually, I think you might get three months for free. So I can just go in and binge it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they just released the season finale of season two. Um, and I haven't watched it yet, but um, you could totally, it's very bingeable. That sounds amazing. Sounds right in my alley. I love that kind of thing. Um, it's fun. <laughs> well, next time I'm down in Jacksonville, I will definitely look you guys up if I ever am. Do you come down to Jacksonville? Yeah. Never, but maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows where life will take me? Um, I, uh, yeah, but if you ever come to Idaho, like, please look me up. Like, I want to put you guys in my pocket. Like, I wish you could come on every episode of our podcast. <laughs> yes. So much fun. I know. I wish, like, yes, we could yeah, do a real, like, Jane Austen roundtable fun talk every month or so. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> reclaiming Jane, bonnets and Dawn, and you guys. And like, just... yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I love that. I think I have to give you guys real credit too for making us all know each other a little better and opening us up to doing guest spots and and just broadening those horizons. Because before you guys were like came on the scene, we were quite siloed and. Honestly, I was very shy about like talking to other podcasters. Um, and so I just think that the, I mean, Austin online can be a very stressful place. Sometimes we all want to enjoy each other's company and friendship. So I definitely thank you for like being so open yeah. to coming on and inviting us and everything. So, oh my gosh, it was honestly, my problem was when I started this podcast, I could never find any Jane Austen podcasts because I'm sure I said it before, but you put Jane Austen into the search engine of podcasts and you just get a million audiobooks and it's so hard to find yeah. podcasts about Jane Austen. So I was like, well, plus Sanditon. I was like, there's so yes. much intense feeling about this show. I feel like I really <laughs> need a lot of people's opinions about it. Yeah. And it really worked. And I really had so much fun. And it was nice because Twin Peaks has a really good online I don't know what I'm trying to say, like social, it's good online, mm -hmm. the social networking, just because uh, Twin Peaks is, lends itself to like people having crazy opinions Theories. and people being like, sure. Yes. <laughs> Where Jane Austen can be a little more like, no, she wrote that and that's what it is. You know? Right. <laughs> like, yes. People have very, um, yes. And, and there's a little bit more evidence to point to canonically. It's like of yeah, her life and everything. But I do think that Jane Austen is really, she is open to interpretation because even though her books are great, oh they are God, kind yes. of bare bones, you know, like there's not a lot of filler in the books. Yeah, They're, yeah, they just yeah. say what they need to say. So. And there's a huge um, Jane Austen fan fiction. I mean, oh, fan yeah, fiction's not the right yes. word. Um, yeah, it is. Variations. Yeah, oh, okay. they, they accept that. Like, J-A-F-F, -F, Jane Austen fan fiction. Like, that's totally okay to say that world is Okay, cool. That. Yeah. Yeah, which is, I love it. So I think there should be more opportunities for people to get together and talk about what they love. Yeah. Let's just all keep doing <laughs> it, right? Like, like, as Maggie said, like, you know, sure, sex is great, but have you tried reading Jane Austen with other people? <laughs> yeah, really there's nothing better than to get other people to talk about what you're currently what interested in exactly exactly we need this we all need this in our lives well i have kept you guys for two hours now so i will go ahead and <laughs> say goodbye and let you go but i just want to thank you so much again for coming on i really we really really appreciate it Oh, thank you so much yeah. for having us. And we will be happy to come on anytime you want. <laughs> anytime. Yes, anytime, anytime. <laughs> yes, please come back anytime. So guys, so, um, if anyone wants to check you out, how can we find you? 
Uh, well, Christian is the best at telling where to find us, but I'll just say if you are a Jane Austen lover, which of course you are if you're listening to this podcast, or if you have an interest in David Lynch, or if you don't, you know, we we don't make you listen to one or the other. So if you want to just right. do the Jane Austen stuff, it's called Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast, and we would love to have you. <laughs> and if you yeah. want to get in contact with us. <laughs> Yeah, um, we have a Instagram um, at Manners and Madness Pod, and then our Twitter is at Manners Madness. Um, it's mainly Maya who does the social media stuff, just because I am very poorly. Uh, <laughs> I am just mentally ill and have no uh, <laughs> attention span. But you can reach us on those, and you can email us at mannersandmadness at gmail.com if you want to talk to us about stuff we're talking about. And we have a website, mannersandmadness.com. Yeah, we're reading uh, Persuasion, actually, right now. So yeah. you can listen to how we felt about the actual book. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm sure. Yes. Now that I've, hear, I've heard your incisive analysis of modern persuasion. Cool. Well, to end our podcast, we say we have delighted you long enough. Would one of you guys like to do the honors? Uh, <laughs> we've delighted you long enough. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Goodbye. Bye.